0: Open your Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis in chapter 37, Genesis in chapter 37. I was very impressed. In fact, I may be a bit surprised at how well you listened last night. I uh, thought after uh, all of the morning service, uh, the lunch, and then all of the games and the activities and uh, all of that that you would uh, be a little tired uh, to listen, but I will tell you I was... uh, I was very impressed, and I appreciated so much the attention you gave me last night. I will tell you, when I attended youth conferences and preaching conferences, especially youth conferences, um, and, and this was just me. I, I enjoyed the games, enjoyed the activities. When it came to the preaching, I, I, I didn't like kids' sermons. I, I, I didn't like childish things now. I, I, it, it doesn't matter uh, what what you like or not. But you, you know what I like? I like for somebody to just get up and preach the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. I mean it. I just, I just enjoyed somebody just, just, just preaching the Bible, and they didn't have to tell a, a, a booger joke to get my attention. Uh, in fact, it, it, anyway, it, uh, I just liked the Bible. I just enjoyed it. I uh, got a desire to serve God as a young teenager, and I got serious about loving and serving God. When I was young, and so I, I don't, I don't have any kids' sermons. I don't, I don't have any junior church sermons. So I'm not going to preach to you uh, like you're in a toddler class. I'm going to preach to you like adults. Uh, you know, I preach this past Sunday morning to our people uh, about Gideon. You know, uh, the devil is not fighting you for who you are. He's fighting you to try to keep you from being what God wants you to be. When the angel spoke to Gideon, he said, I am with thee, thou mighty man of valor. (laughs) He wasn't much of a man of valor to me when I saw him hidden there. But God doesn't speak to you as you are. He speaks to you as he wants you to be and as he sees you to be. Old David, they saw him as a shepherd. God saw him as a king. I'm not going to preach to you for who you are. doesn't matter to me that you're in the 6th, 7th, 8th grade or 12th grade. doesn't matter. I'm going to preach to you for what God wants you to be. I want you to stand with me this morning as I begin reading in Genesis chapter 37. and In verse number 3, the Bible says, Now Israel loved Joseph. Now the name Israel there, is the same as Jacob. His name was changed to Israel, and his name is Jacob, or Israel. He's a father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. In fact, when you go home from this youth conference and you share with others what God has done in your heart, you you may get some of the same response that Joseph got. Uh, there may be some that would uh, laugh at you. Some would be jealous of you. Some would express themselves with an anger or a hatred. But you'll notice that didn't faze Joseph because his dream didn't come from his brothers. His dream came from God. Don't let anybody take you take from you what God has given to you. And so then the Bible says in verse number 6, And he said unto them, Here, I pray you this dream which I have dreamed For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. I'm going to stop reading right there, and I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to bless the message this morning. Heavenly Father, I am very thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit last night to aid in the attention of the preaching. I'm very thankful for the respect that every young man and every young lady gave last night in the preaching. And Lord, I pause to pray not because I'm required to do so. I pause to pray not because it is a habit to do so. But Lord, I pause to pray because I hunger for your presence and power. And I would ask, Lord, that you would do again this morning as you have done in each preaching hour. And I pray, Lord, that your will be accomplished and this truth be delivered in a way that it would affect not only our thinking, but it would affect our behavior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. As we read the Word of God, we find there are several that were given a glimpse of the things that God desired to do In their life. For example, John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb, and uh, they knew, uh, even as a baby, that he would be the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so his destiny was already given in the beginning. We knew about that. He knew about that. And his mother knew about that from the time that he was in the womb. Jeremiah was called to be a prophet to the nations in his mother's womb. Uh, God said, I knew you in the womb. And God had a will for his life and told him uh, that in the, in the very beginning, you're going to be a prophet to the nations. So his, his destiny was given uh, even as a child. Abraham was told he would be the father of a great nation, a nation that would bless the entire world. Joseph uh, was uh, given a dream as a child or as a teenager uh, that one day God not only would exalt him, but God would use him uh, to save his people, the very folks that hated him. and That's why you need not pay attention to those that would not like what you are doing or what you would become because uh, you will be a help to that crowd eventually. And so Joseph knew that God one day would exalt him and use him to save the people. And so we have, in most of these lives, we have a dream and we have a destiny. Now, the truth is, you may not know what God would have you to be. You may not know what your destiny is. And you may be just at this place where you're, where you're thinking and where you're dreaming about perhaps one day God would have you to be. By the way, you ought to dream big for God. The Bible says, open your mouth wide and I will feel it. You ought to dream big for God. You ought to think about the fact that one day God may use you to be a youth pastor. You may think think God may use you one day to be a pastor. God may use you one day as one of of these many men and ladies that have uh, helped to make this conference a success and all that has taken place. God may use you as a a missionary to uh, bring many folks to Him. Uh, God uh, uh, can use you in a great way. I believe that most folks think less of themselves uh, than God does. Gideon said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the poorest and I'm of the, I'm of the least tribe. I pray that God would help you see your life, not as you would see it, but as God would see it in your life. Now, the purpose of the message is to say this. Joseph had a dream. He knew one day what his destiny would be. And between his dream and his destiny, there were many difficulties. Between Joseph's dream and Joseph's destiny, we know what it was. He ended up being the world leader at that time, the most powerful man. He was in charge in the land of Egypt, and that's where the only food was. And that was his destiny. He had a dream as a young man. Now, when you have a dream, uh, for example, when you think about something that's exciting, I'm looking forward to spring break. My family always does. We go fishing during spring break. And you know what I'm dreaming about? I'm dreaming about catching a 15 and a half, maybe even 16 inch crappie this year. That's what I'm dreaming about. I'm dreaming about crappie coming on the nest, and I'm looking forward to catching those crappie. Now, now, one day, uh, in the next few days, the Lord Terry's is coming. I will reach that destiny, and I've done that for m- uh, many years now, and uh, spend those few days fishing and time with family. Uh, but in a dream, you never think about difficulties. I never have planned for a storm when I plan spring break. I never do plan for the bait shop to be out of minnows when I go crappie fishing and I dream about spring break. I don't, I don't plan difficulties. I don't plan a stomach virus. I don't put on my schedule now on Tuesday afternoon gonna get stomach virus and vomit and get sick and be sick for two days. I don't ever plan that. But what we do, we dream. We imagine one day preaching the Word of God. We imagine one day being a soul winner that leads others uh, to be soul winners. We think about perhaps that God could use you as He's using Brother Dallas to travel the nation and be an encouragement in preaching the Word of God. And those dreams are wonderful, and we never plan any disappointments between our dream and our destiny. But I want to tell you, as Jesus said to His disciples, there is a price to be paid. And there are difficulties between your dream and between your destiny. Now, I'm not going to go through all of the details, but you know what happened in the life of Joseph. His brothers, they hated him so bad, they decided to kill him. And one brother said, let's not kill him, Uh, let's uh, sell him as a slave, we'll tell daddy got killed. And they came up with that idea, you know about that. And they sold him as a slave. Joseph goes down to Potiphar's house, and he becomes a good servant in Potiphar's house. And the Lord starts blessing not only him, he blessed all of Potiphar's house because of Joseph's attitude. And boy, it looks like he's well on his way to his destiny But Potiphar's wife made a false accusation against Joseph. He ends up in prison. You, you, you know the story, and uh, he, he meets the baker and the butler there. And uh, the Baylor, baker and the butler, they have a dream. Now, here's what's interesting to me about the life of Joseph. His life began with a dream, and uh, he ended in the destiny of the will of God. But during all of the difficult years of his life, all the difficulties, folks kept asking him about a dream. Some of us would say, I used to believe in dreams, I don't believe in them anymore. I used to believe in the dream that one day I would uh, be exalted to a place that I could be a help to a lot of folks in the will of God. But I don't believe in dreams anymore. And isn't it an interesting thing? Everywhere Joseph went, they said, we had a dream, can you interpret that? You know, one thing about Joseph, he never lost his dream no matter what happened. He, 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 he never got frustrated when somebody else had a dream. In fact, he told the baker and he told the butler what their dream meant. And they were so glad, or at least one of them was, and uh, they were glad to find out what their dream was. And the, and the butler said, I'm going to tell uh, Pharaoh about you. I'm going to get you out of jail. And he got out and forgot him. Here sits Joseph in the jail of disappointments. I just don't know about this dream. The dream, my destiny, what God said I was going to do, but it just seems like nothing is working out. One thing after another is a disappointment until the day came that Joseph did fulfill his destiny. Three things I want you to see. I want you to see the dream. I want you to see the destiny. And then I want you to understand between the dream and the destiny are many disappointments. But here's what I want you to get from all of that. The disappointments are not there to discourage you. The disappointments are not there to defeat you. The disappointments between the dream and the destiny are there to prepare you for the destiny. Here's what folks say. Well, I was going to go to Bible college and I ran out of money. I guess it's not God's will. No, 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 no. The disappointment between the dream and the destiny is not to discourage you. It's not to defeat you. It is actually to prepare you for the destiny. If you go from the dream to the destiny without the disappointments, the destiny will destroy you rather than help you fulfill the will of God. How many times have I seen folks come to the place of success too quickly, and that success was not enjoyed? In fact, it was the thing that brought ruin to their life. And so the disappointments, I don't know how many there are. I don't know how many years of disappointments. I don't know how many ways of disappointments there's going to be. But I will tell you, between your dream and between your destiny, there are many disappointments, but those are not given to you you to discourage you or to defeat you. They're given to you to prepare you to fulfill your destiny in life. If I can get you to understand, you see, when, when you sign up for the army, you don't go from signing up to the battlefield. You go from signing up to boot camp. You say, what are they trying to do, kill me? No, they're trying to prepare you for the battlefield so you don't get killed on the battlefield. Nobody ever goes to the Marines and says, I didn't know they were going to treat me like this. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know they were going to scream at me from the time I got up until the time I went to bed. I didn't know they were going to treat me like this. I just wanted to go be a proud Marine. Well, I want to tell you something. Between the dream and the destiny, there are many disappointments, but those disappointments are not given to you to hurt you, discourage you, or defeat you. They're given to you to prepare you for your destiny so that your destiny can be fulfilled and can be a wonderful experience in life. I wonder how many folks have quit during the time of disappointment. I wonder how many folks quit. They said, uh, this is too hard. And you are, and you are uh, walking away from the very thing that will prepare you for what God wants you to do in life. I want to give you several statements about those disappointments. I want to give you several statements about those disappointments so when they come, you'll know how to deal with them. By the way... I dreamed big when I was a teenager. I recall one day, I was a student at Howells Anderson College. And actually, after I graduated from Howells Anderson, I'd gone to Tennessee Temple. My dad was friends with Lee Robertson, And I was there in 82 and 83. My father got cancer, and I went home to take care of my father. The doctors expected him to live six months. He lived 23 months. And then uh, he passed away at age 40, and then I went to Howells Anderson. And I was there for actually just a few weeks until I came back to pastor the church uh, that, my, that, that my dad had started. But I was sitting there one day beside the young lady that is now my wife and has been for 30 years, and I said to her, Dr. Howells was doing a question and answer session on Sunday evening. I said to her, I'm going to preach with him one of these days. She looked at me and with a surprised look, almost like, "Yeah, right?" <laughs> "You're kidding. I ain't kidding. I'm going to preach with him one of these days. And you know what I did. Not only did I preach with him, I preached for him, he preached for me the last seven years of his life. In fact, he told me, he said, I'm a preacher, I'm only going to places every other year just because in my age I, I want to go as many places as I can. He said, don't say anything about this. He said, I'd like to come here every year if you want me to instead of every other year. He said, don't say anything about that since I've gotten permission to tell that story. and uh, 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 but, but, but you see, there was a dream. I dreamed big. Now, between my dream and destiny, not only were there, there are disappointments. Eight years ago, our church had filled up, and we were so excited about what God was doing in our church on Clay's Mill Road, and uh, every time we'd run out of room, uh, there was an answer, and we were able to build another building, and we were able I mean, just step by step, and all of a sudden, we ran into a wall. There was no answer. I couldn't find a building. I couldn't find a piece of property. A year passed, and two years passed. We started having two services on Sunday morning. I would preach, and then we'd have Sunday school, and then I would preach. And actually, we ended up having eight services, counting all that went on on Sunday morning between the Spanish service and all of the bus routes that were running and church. And I'm going to tell you something I was worn out. I'd come to the end of the day on Sunday and I'd go home, pack my bags. I'd leave on Monday to go preach on Monday and Tuesday. And I thought, Lord, you, you've got to give me an answer. So I found a beautiful building in this town. Some of you preachers, I shared it with you. A beautiful building. I mean, it had an auditorium, just the shell, but it wasn't finished on the inside. It would seat 1,500 people on the floor beside the balcony. And I was so excited about that. And I worked on that thing for three years. And the very day I thought we was going to take possession of that, I found out somebody else bought it. After eight years, I was at square one. You see, between the dreams and destinies, there are many disappointments. And I want to say, I want you to expect those disappointments. I want you to expect that. But I don't want you to look at them and say, God, did you forget my dream? Lord, what are you trying to do? You're trying to kill me? Don't look at those disappointments as discouragements, but to say, God has ordered these so they can prepare me for my destiny. Let me give you these statements. Number one, I want to say, disappointments prove to me that I am not in control of life. Disappointments prove to me I am not in control of life. You have to understand, our flesh has pride. Our flesh is filled with pride. I don't care who you are, that's what our flesh is. It's full of pride. And even sometimes when we accomplish something for God, rather than giving God the glory, we gloat about that and we're excited about that. And oftentimes, a a pride of doing something for God causes a person's destruction. But disappointments and things that never work out the exact way, I thought they would work out. Those disappointments actually prove to me I'm not in control of life. Second of all, God uses disappointments to bring us to the place that our only hope is in Him. You see, if I had a need for a thousand dollars and I went to God and said, "Oh God, I need you to help me. I need this thousand dollars to take care of this need." If I had $1,000 in reserve, I would want God to answer my prayer. But if he didn't, I could always fall back on my reserve. But disappointments take my reserves away. I was sitting in an airplane on the tarmac on, uh, in, uh, in Detroit. And I'm telling you, I'd come to the place that everything had been exhausted as far as the building was concerned. And I said to God, God, I've done everything. I don't know anything else to do. And it seemed that the Holy Spirit said, good. About the only choice you got left now is trust me. And the disappointment, what they do, they prove to me that I can't take care of what I need to do and everything needs to be taken away so I can have total trust in Him. Do you know I've talked to, I mean, i talked to everybody about building in this beautiful property next door over here. I'm talking about the governor and I walked on that property and I told him they won't let me build on that and that's not right. And he said, you're right. I said, that's against the Constitution. He said, you're right. I said, now, Governor, I need you to help me. I said that to the congressman. I said that to the senator. I said that to the dog catcher. I said that to everybody. And they all said, I'll do everything in my power to help you. I said, I got this, I got this figured out. I mean I don't care if it's a federal government that said I can't do it, I got the I I I I got the uh, uh Senate majority leader on my side. I don't care if the EPA says you can't do it, I got the governor on my side. You know what happened? There's still no building over there. I can't get permits. But instead of having 25 acres that I wanted to build a smaller building on, God said, here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you 80 acres that the Senate president doesn't even know where it is. And the governor's never seen it. Nobody you've talked to has any idea. Let me give this to you. You see, until everything is exhausted, I really can't trust in God. A boy wrote a letter to his girlfriend. He said, sweetheart, I love you so much. He said, I'd swim the deepest rivers for you. I'd climb the highest mountains. He said, I plan to see you Saturday if it's not raining. (laughs) Lord, I trust you, boy. You're taking good care of me. I got money in my pocket. Lord, you're taking care of me. I got money in savings. Boy, God's good to me. What about when you don't have any money in savings? What about when your tires go flat? What about when your shoe soles are flopping? I heard about a fellow walking down the street one day. It was raining. His shoes were worn out. Sole was flopping. He looked ahead and there was one of the richest men in town standing up there and he thought, I hope that guy feels sorry for me. I hope he'll help me. So the old fella just moped along that shoe sole, just flopping and feet was wet. And he was hoping and he would just uh, let her flop so the old rich man could see him because he thought, I want him to help me. Maybe help me out here with a pair of shoes. He got up there, and sure enough, the fella stopped him. He said, Where are you going? He said, I'm just going to town here. The fella reached in his pocket, took out a wad of money. He got so excited. He took a rubber band off that water money and said, Here, put that across your shoe. It'll keep your soul from flopping. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way it works out. Lord, I trust you. Okay, I'm going to take everything you have away, and I'm going to see if you really trust me or if you trust what you have. You see, between the dream and the destiny, there are many disappointments. And those disappointments are not there to discourage me or to defeat me. They're there to prepare me for the day of destiny. Number three, disappointments move us to either fear or faith. Disappointments move us to either fear or faith. They move us to either despair or prayer. You see, you and I are not what we are on our best days. We are what we are when we're under the greatest amount of pressure. We can learn the lesson for the hour that would help us in the future work, or we can sit and soak and sour and say, Woe is me, and I want to put it on social media. I'm having a hard time, and I need you to all think about me and feel sorry for me. That's not how faith works. That's not how prayer works. Prayer just finds a place alone where nobody knows, and you meet with God. And that disappointment is not to drive you to despair. It's to drive you to prayer. That's what the disappointment is for. God wasn't mad at Joseph. You're going to think, man, I surrendered my life to serve God, and I've not had anything but disappointment since. Good. God's preparing you. You're on track. God and you are are sharing the same dream. You say, but preacher, it's not working out. Yes, it is working out. Those disappointments are preparing you for that destiny. Next, Joseph accepted every setback as the will and working of God. Here's what Joseph said in Genesis 50. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. How many of you remember the evangelist, Monty Watts? Quite a few of you do. Do you know when God called Monty Watts to preach? He went and met with Dr. Howells, and he said, Dr. Howells, God called me to preach, but how can I preach? I'm crippled. Look at me. I spent time in an iron lung. I, I don't have the health. I don't have the ability And he said to him, Brother Watts, those difficulties are not there to hurt you. They are there to help you do what God's called you to do. What a soul winner. What a servant of God. He's in heaven now. And see, you you may say, well, I was going to do this, but look what happened. I know, look what happened to Joseph. My testimony is ruined. They've started all these rumors about me. They started this rumor that I w- w- was trying to get Potiphar's wife. It's just a rumor. Don't believe that. He didn't sit and soak and sour about that rumor. He became the best servant the jail had ever seen. Do you see the picture? Now listen, it's easy for us to read it in the Bible and say that's good for Joseph. He didn't put that story in the Bible for you and I just to know about so we could pass a test. He put that story in there to say, young man, expect some disappointments before you get to your destiny. That story was there for you, young lady. That story is there for me. It is not just there for good reading. It is not just there for motivation. It is not just there for inspiration. It is there for God to say to me, you can expect the same thing. By the way, the level of training determines the level of privilege. You want to be a Navy SEAL? It'll take more than 13 weeks of boot camp. You want to be an army ranger? It's going to take more than a few weeks of boot camp. It's going to take more than a burr haircut to get you there. You want to be a servant of God? Then It'll take more than a few weeks of boot camp to get you there. He'll give you the next statement. Hoping in God alone is the key to overcoming the difficulty. Hoping in God alone. It was God that gave me this dream. Here's what I hear folks say Well, you made that. That's an emotional decision. You made that when you were emotionally stirred up. That's how I got married. When I turned 16 years old, I was emotionally stirred up. I was excited. I'm going to get my driver's license. Does that mean because I was so emotional on my 16th birthday, I'm not really 16 years old? Does it mean if you make a decision at a time of excitement, at a a time where the atmosphere is spiritual and there are no distractions, it's just you and I and us going to the Word of God and hearing the preaching of the Word of God, does that mean the decision has no value when we're out there in the time of disappointment? Absolutely not. You keep your hope in God. You keep your faith in God because between the dream and the destiny, there are many difficulties, but those difficulties are not given to you to discourage you or to defeat you. They are given to you so you can be prepared for the destiny God has before you. Nairam Judson, the great pioneer missionary to Burma, had been thrown into a horrible prison it was run by the toughest Burmese prisoners. The torture that Adnairam Judson faced was just awful. He had nearly zero fruit to show for his years of work and service and hardship in Burma. He wasn't sure whether or not his years of translation work would be destroyed. And in those conditions... Suffering physically from fever and weakness, he received a letter from a friend that asked the question, Judson, how's the outlook? He replied, and I quote, the outlook is as bright as the promises of God. May I say God's timing is better than our timing. And I will tell you, that's not easy for me. I don't like to wait. I'm ready. What are we doing? I don't know, but I'm ready. I, 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 I don't like to wait. But God determines how long it takes me to get from a dream to a destiny. You don't decide... God decides. By the way, God may do more than what your dream ever was. A young lady had surrendered, had dedicated herself to serve Christ in India. She could not get to India for one tragedy after another. Her desire to get to India was delayed and delayed and delayed. Her mother became sick and disabled. Her sister died. Her sister had five children. The father died. There she was, stuck with five children to help raise. Nobody else in the family to care for these children. She took her plans, and she did not forget them, but she set them to the side. Fifteen years she spent devoted to caring for the needs of those five children. Three of those five children gave their entire life to serve God in India. I want you to hear this, and I'm finished. My dream is not for me. My dream is not for what I can do for God. My dream is for what God wants to do through me. It used to be what I wanted to do for God. But these difficulties taught me it's not what I can do for God. But they've taught me what God could do with me and through me. If I would have come to my destiny years ago, it would have brought a sense of pride that would have been harmful, harmful to me, to our church, to fundamentalism. But I no longer am concerned about what I can do for God. You say, preacher, have you lost your dream? Oh, no, quite the contrary. I haven't lost my dream. In fact, I have many more dreams ahead. We're getting ready to build a 64,000 square foot building. There are many, many things that we have. that we're. But I'm no longer dreaming about what I can do for God. But I'm dreaming about what God could do through me. That piano never wonders what it could play for you because it can't do anything but yielded to the musician, it can make beautiful music. And that piano right there can't do, it can't make a sound. It's just like me. I can't do anything, but yielded to the musician or yielded to the master. It's an amazing thing, what God wants to do. So between your dream And your big dreams for God and your destiny. Don't be discouraged about these difficulties. Those aren't there to hurt you. Those aren't there to discourage you. They're there to prepare you for you to fulfill your potential in the will of God. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Some of you are sophomores, juniors, and seniors. It's not your first youth conference to attend. Many of you have attended many conferences. And you set out on some goals and some dreams. Yet you got home and sometimes family wasn't very supportive. And sometimes friends and maybe even those at your church, they didn't care much about what you were dreaming about. And so you forgot them. You let those dreams go by the wayside. What I'd like and what I would pray would happen. You go home and when you face that first difficulty, whether it's a parent, whether it's a family member, whether it's a church member that says something negative to you, I want you to think, hey, hey, That's what I needed. That will prepare me. I don't know how, but that will help to prepare me. I'm going to keep my eyes on God. I'm going to keep my dream in my heart. I'm going to keep serving God. I'm going to stay in the will of God, and I'm going to let that difficulty prepare me for my destiny. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd use the simple truth of the Word of God today. Lord, that you would help us to understand the difficulties that we even walk in today They're not there to hurt us. They're there to prepare us for something great in your will. In Jesus' name, amen.